we are still in the God said it, all right? All year long, we are reading through the Word of God, Genesis to Revelation from January to December. If you're reading along, yay. If you're not, it's all right. We're going to preach it anyway, all righty? So, um, but uh, the God said it is, is that the fact that we have uh, God's spoken word all around us in creation. God spoke creation into existence. God, God spoke the world into being. Somebody reminded me yesterday of my every week illustration. Uh, God said, let there be light. Boom, there's light. God said, let there be a pine tree. Boom, there's a pine tree. That's just how it happened. He said, and the guy told me, he said yesterday, he said, yeah, I like it that every Sunday you say, God said, let there be a pine tree. There you go. God, God brought it all into existence by the word of his mouth. That's what scripture tells us. We also have God's written word. This is the written word of God. It's not that it contains the word of God. It is the word of God, Genesis to Revelation, which means you don't have the authority and I don't have the intelligence to cut any of it out. Okay. Uh, God didn't call me to be an editor. He didn't tell me I could redact the parts I don't like. This is the Word of God. Read it, pay attention to it, obey it, all right? That's the, and then we have the living Word of God, which is, which is Jesus himself. God came and, and, and took the form of man, and, and he lived this perfect life, and he died on a cross. He was buried. He rose on the third day to give us victory and life and redemption and forgiveness and all of those things. And so, so God has spoken, all right? Uh, we are in the Psalms now. We have been reading for almost half a year now. <coughs> and the Psalms kind of fall in the middle. So we spent last week in Psalm 33. This week we're in Psalm 73. Next week we'll be in another Psalm. And we, we're in Psalms for two more weeks after this week because Psalms go 150. Man, there's a lot, right? But here's the thing about the Psalms, and, 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 and I like it because you can find you, I can find me in Psalms. Right? Just start reading. You'll start to hear the expression of your heart in some psalm. You'll just start to identify with the psalm. You'll just start to go, I feel that way too. Uh, the psalmists, and there are multiple of them, um, they, they write in and, and inspired by the Holy Spirit of their relationship, their experience, their walk with God. All right? Uh, the story of the Bible goes like this, and we had some pictures down here, but they all got gone again. Uh, but the story of the Bible, we, we, uh, Jordan drew us a picture. It's on one page. You start with creation, then there's the fall and sin, which led to the chaos, which we have uh, the couple that comes next, which is Abraham and Sarah and the covenant, and the promise that all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Through, through this couple and, and their descendants. And then they have a family. The family becomes a big family that goes into Egypt. They come out of Egypt, millions, and the family God in the wilderness begins to shape them into a nation. Their, their identity as a nation is based on their worship. It's based on their relationship with God, right? There it is. Looky there. Good job, Kylie. All right, so that's the picture. See, we're in that nation over there now. Now, we're in, we've already had the king and, and, and the kings of Israel. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. All right? Uh, but the kings of Israel all point to the king of kings, which is Jesus himself. That's the prophecy. That's what was told about that he would be king of kings. And so, so all of that points to Christ and then Christ and the, 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 the redemption that he offers us. And we get to be the body of Christ and he's our savior. And that's, that's the whole Bible in a picture right there, right? Picture says more than a thousand words in this case. Just so you know. So, so we're in this nation phase, and right now we are addressing 
essentially what is the, the, the nation of Israel's hymnal. I held this up a couple of weeks, last week when we did this. I said, everybody know what this is? And a lot of people in the gathering have no idea because we don't use them anymore. We put everything up on the screen now, and hymnals are gone under the, under the chairs and all that sort of thing. But this one actually says, The Baptist Hymnal. All right, so the, the, and there's stacks of them because Penny wanted one, so we gave her one. So anyway, if you'd like a hymnal, hey, uh, yes, all righty. I want to share with you something just by way of update on the week before I get into the message. Uh, because everybody knows, and if you hadn't read, then you're in a, you stuck your head in the sand somewhere. But I want to just say this about the whole Supreme Court and Roe versus Wade and all. This is not a political thing. Uh, the whole Roe versus Wade thing is about love and life. Uh, and, and God's the one who established both. Okay? Uh, and, and it is our job as the body of Christ to come alongside people who are hurting, people who have questions. You know, and so that's what we'll do. As a congregation, as a as a body, and and to love people in difficult places, I've told you on many occasions. <clears throat> I I believe that that you know when the Bible says you knew me in my mother's womb, uh, that's where I believe life starts there. Uh, so that, now you know where I stand on it, right? Now I've jokingly said this, y'all ready? Because people want to, they don't hear the last part. I tell people, I say, I'm pro-choice. Just choose not to get pregnant. Okay? Don't do that. And in the immortal words of Forrest Gump, that's all I'll say about that. (laughs) Ever get angry with God? If you're honest, you'll say yes. Here you go. Here's the second question. I like this question better than the first one. Ever try to explain things to God. How many of you ever tried to explain something to God? Raise your hand. Go ahead. Admit it. You know, you're just, you're just trying to explain to God pretty much why you feel the way you feel, right? You, you, you want, we want to explain to God why we did what we did, why we said what we said. We, we want God to understand that, that somehow in our own personal uh, decisions, choices, actions, attitudes, we want God to know that ultimately we were right. And, and, and you got to understand, I mean, every time I do this, y'all know I'm a kid and it's okay, I'm an old kid now, but anyway, I remember as a kid trying to explain to my parents why I did some things that I did. And I'd go, but, 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 right? And my dad's going, all right? See, when we address the throne of God, trying to explain something to God, the thing we are denying is that God already knows. God is already aware of your heart. God's already aware of your whys. Here's the hurtful part. Get ready. If you're offended, then just stick your fingers in your ears. But here you go. God is already aware of your selfishness and mine. And then we try to, we try to somehow defend our selfishness to God. Well, in Psalms, I have to tell you, we see that a bit. We see psalmists writing these things that, that, that they're just conflicted. With, with a knowledge 
that they have of God himself, but a selfishness that wants to deny the identity and person and power and knowledge and presence of God. God is the all everything. God is the be everything, you see. And, and, and so the Psalms, they tend to capture this human experience of our relationship with God. And so when we read a psalmist, and, and, and I'm going to go ahead and warn you, because we're only in 73, we got the whole rest of half of the book to go. When you start identifying with the psalmist and he's complaining, look out, because probably by the end of the psalm, God's going to smack you on the hand. That's what Psalm 73 is about. This is, this is considered a psalm of Asaph. And Asaph is, is this individual that wrote many psalms probably as one of the worship leaders, worship Levites, one of the Levites that was in charge of worship for the Hebrew people. So he's taking the, he, he's writing hymns for the hymnal, right? And so he's putting these things out there for the, for the nation to come and sing and celebrate and worship God together, right? And so, so when you see this, you understand that Asaph is writing. God is, God is inspiring him by the Spirit to put these words down so that you and I can read them hundreds and thousands of years later and we can understand that, guess what? We're not the first ones to feel this way, okay? And God knows. Don't think that you're having a unique situation. God knows. Okay. We're going to start in verse 21 because it's a very fine place to start. When I became embittered and my innermost being was wounded, I was, now there's kids in the room, but it's in the Bible, so I have to read it. I was stupid and didn't understand. I was an unthinking animal toward you. All right, so, so Asaph is writing to God and says, I was an unthinking animal towards you. Just, just marinate in that just a moment. Verse 23 says, yet I am always with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me up in glory. Who do I have in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Those far from you will certainly perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, God's presence is my good. I have made the Lord my refuge. So I can tell about all you do. Pray with me. Father, thank you. <laughs> thank you that <laughs> I know in my own life when I realize that I have acted as an unthinking animal toward you. That you very gently, very lovingly, very carefully guide me and guard me into your presence. God, that I might just stop and stop being selfish and, and, and stop demanding my own way and, and stop asking for the things that you know are not good for me. 
God, help us to just identify with the words of Asaph this morning and understand, God, that it's in you that we have the promise of glory, of life, a hope. And so, God, I thank you. I thank you for the psalmist. I thank you that he struggled. I thank you that we hear our struggle in his struggle. So, God, help us to draw near to you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Whew. All right, I want to mention, hey, y'all, John's up in the booth, y'all, and, and he got a certificate this week. <laughs> he goes to school at, at what's it called, Manna something? Manna University, which is a Bible college up around the Fayetteville area, and he's been working on his worship and worship leadership certificate, and he was awarded that this week. So, yay! <laughs> Want a Bible? No, I'm just... <laughs> you know, a few weeks ago, we gave all the graduates a Bible, so anyway. All righty. Um, when you get in your anger and your pain, how's your thinking? A little clouded, right? When we get in the midst of, of our, uh, you know, sort of uh, <clears throat> pressure, the press down, the frustration, the, 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 the aggravation, when, when, when the anger or, or the hurt of our lives or, or some event in our lives and, and, and then we get along with God and we start crying out to God. Let me just go ahead and tell you it's okay. It is okay to cry out to God. Just understand, God already knows. See, at that point, what we're doing is, is we're trying to bring our heart into alignment with the Spirit of God and look back at our pain and our anger and our hurt, right? And, 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 and recognize and receive the, the healing, the, the, the peace, the comfort that God has stored up for us, Okay? So don't hear me rebuking you for crying out to God. Crying out to God is fine. Matter of fact, God tells us to cry out to Him. Okay? But I want you to look, if you read all of Psalm 23, and if I, if I, if I read it all to you, we'd be here till lunchtime. But here you go. So, so Asaph in this psalm is looking at the world around him. And he sees the prosperity of the world around him. And very specifically, he sees the prosperity of the wicked. Now, Asaph is a Levite. He's a member of the, the tribe of Levi, which are appointed to care for the worship, the temple, all of the, the, the accoutrements of, of Hebrew worship. And, and so he, he sort of figures himself a, a, a righteous man, a, a man following God, a man who has, has devoted himself to God, and yet he looks out into the world around him and he sees people who are doing better than him. And in his mind, he's thinking, well, I follow God, how come I'm not doing better? And so what he starts to do is he starts to covet the blessing that he sees others in the world receiving. As a matter of fact, he goes into the, 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 this sort of declaration, this definition of, of the wicked prosper. Not just the world, but the wickedness in the world seems to prosper. And God, that's not fair. Okay, I'm just warning you, by the time we get to the end of this, you're going to feel this. 
Just warning you. So Asaph looks at the prosperity of the world and the wicked, and, and he, he covets that prosperity and even almost denounces the fact that God allows it to happen. Right? Okay. Second thing, Asaph begins to explain to God why he's troubled. Well, God, they don't follow you. They don't pay attention to you. They're out there worshiping around the Asherah poles. They're out there bowing down to the bales. They're out there doing all it. They're all, mm, here you go. They're offering up their kids in, in the fire as sacrifice to the, to the idols. Right? That's not fair, God. Remember I've told you, the, the, the hardship we see in this world, the pain we see in this world, we live in a fallen world. We live in a broken world. Do, 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 and, and John's famous for saying this up there in the booth. Guess what brokenness produces? Brokenness. Okay? Broke people produce broken things. Okay? So, so God is this redemption. God is this redeemer. God is this one who comes in and, and provides a, a, a spiritual healing in the place of brokenness. Okay. Asaph begins to question his own identity. He, he, he questions, he's confused over what value is there in following God. Why? Because, because he's using a, a flawed set of scales. He's looking at the world out there and he goes, look at all the prosperity of the wicked. And look at me, I'm this lowly priest and 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 i got nothing and 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 i want what they got folks can i just tell you that's upside down that's backwards because what it does is it, it actually denies and negates what god's word and promises have given us what we understand to be the blessing of being god's child I admitted last week, man, I love Psalms. You know, I, 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 used, to tell, I used to tell people when, when they talked about, I, every time I get in this, I have to tell you. All right, so mental illness is not something I'm unfamiliar with, okay? And you all say, we know. Anyway, um, no, I mean, I've been around it, okay? Won't get specific at this point. But I look at David's Psalms, and you know what I see? I see bipolar, right? I mean, David's up, and then he's down. He's manic, then he's depressive. He's paranoid, then he's schizophrenic. I mean, I, you know, those are the old definitions. That's when I went to college, all right? But I look at David's life, and I see him riding high, and then I can see him going low. And then I, I see him realizing in the midst of his low, recognizing, wait a minute. Why am I wallowing in this? When the promises of God are what pick me up to this. That's what happens to Asaph. Asaph, just like David. Asaph's looking around at the world and goes, ah. I mean, some of the words he says, uh, he says here, um, <clears throat> I envied the arrogant. I saw prosperity. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have an easy time until they die. <laughs> that, that, that's verses 3 and 4. And then he says, and their bodies are well fed. 
So you see, he's looking at, at a standard that's in the world and, and yet denying and ignoring the promises of God in heaven. You see? But he gets to it before the end. He's confused over, over the value of who God is and who he is in God. <clears throat> we did last year, we did uh, what, what we call the walking together conversations. And I preached through the 12 conversations of walking together. And the first question of the walking together conversations are, who are you? Who am I? You know, the first answer that we've got to start with is, I'm God's child. I'm God's kid. I get to enjoy the benefits of everything that God has offered me. It belongs to me as an heir of the kingdom. You know, I, I, in, in, in some of the imagery in my own head, it goes back to throne room theology, right? God on his throne in the throne room and I'm God's kid. That's me in the corner of the throne room over there playing with Legos because I'm God's kid. I belong to him. I get to enjoy a peace of being near to the king. I get to enjoy the comfort of, of being a part of who he is. Say, now I'm not God, neither are you. Though there's some philosophies out there that try to tell you you are. Uh, let me just say, that's not true. Okay. So then in this psalm, Asaph considers the ultimate destiny of the wicked. The fact that they will be ruined. It's one of the words that, that, that says that they will come to desolation. They come to an end swept away by terrors like one waking from a dream. You see, these are the descriptions. When, when Asaph first starts his, his lament from looking at the world and then he recognizes and realizes, wait a minute, they don't have the same promise of the end that I have. Wow. You know, I go ahead and admit to you, man, I get down sometimes. You know, never on Sunday morning, I'll just be honest. Sunday morning, I look forward to being here. I get up on this morning, 3.30 this morning. I set my alarm clock, 4 o'clock. Why I got to wake up at 3.30, I don't know. But I woke up like a rocket at 3.30. I was like, oh, well, I'm done now. And I, I didn't go to bed till after my bedtime last night. I didn't go to bed like 10, 10.30. Man, that's late for me. And, and, and so I thought, man, I better set an alarm because I think I'll, I'll sleep past it. Nope, 3.30 this morning. So, so I write ahead in the gathering in the Word. We have a lot of you that are adding gathering in the Word, which is the daily devotional that I'm writing as we go through the Bible right now. If, you don't have, if you're not getting it in your email every morning, somewhere between 5.30 and... No, somewhere between 4.30 and 5, actually. If you're not getting it in the morning, then fill out one of the cards, put your email on there, and check opt-in. Okay? And then... The guys will put you in the system, and you'll end up getting the gathering. So this morning I got up, and I'm reading Psalm 70-something else, not three. And, and as I'm writing it, 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 it's causing to me to reflect on what we're dealing with in the first part of 73. And, and, and I'm almost done, so yay. Um, here's the challenge. 
You realize what's happening in the first part of 73? There's doubt. There's questioning. There's, there's even this, this lack of trust and faith in the God who created it all. Now, I'm telling you, God doesn't mind us crying to him. God doesn't even mind us explaining to him because as we start explaining to God the what's and why's of our lives, God's able by his spirit to bring us back around to go, right here, you ready? Who do I have in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart may fail. See, in all of his explaining in the first 20 verses, he comes to, man, my flesh, this, this body that wants all those riches, my heart that covets the, the, the prosperity of the wicked, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart. See how God took him from this this coveting, dejected, whining, whatever, to come back to say, God, you are the one that I depend on. You are my hope. He says, my portion forever. Do you know that God has incredible things planned for us? Right? The challenge for us is to have the right perspective in it. To see God's provision. To see God's plan. Those far from you will certainly perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful or the wicked. Those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, here you go. This is, this is, what I, this is the, the, the one, two, three, four, five words. I want us to hear God's presence is my good how can I ensure God's presence by running to him he doesn't move he's the same yesterday today always see I have to draw near to the Lord see that oh man I have made the Lord God my refuge why so I can tell about all you do See? Mm. I have to say, part of our human condition is to complain. You ever heard people complain? Sure you have. Here's the second question. You ready? Ever complained? <laughs> right? Say, God, you, you alone, God, are my portion your presence is my good man so i say we get to hang out with jesus all week long we come on sundays to celebrate hanging out with him all right so let's just let let's make it the point i i asked somebody this week i said when you get up first morning on monday morning first thing you think about jesus Most people I ask that question to go, well, no. Well, then why not? 
start with Jesus. Can I promise you something? Your day will go better. Start with Jesus. It gives you a proper perspective on things. Start with, don't start with the prosperity of the wicked. Don't start with, with, with your own emotion and feeling. Don't start with where you feel slighted or, or somehow let down. Don't start there. Start with Jesus and praising God and then work through what your day looks like. And let God go. Here's a lot of times. Fear. Fear's a thing. I, I, all of ministry. I, I, here's the confession point. Never told you all this, but I'll tell you. The thing that I have struggled with over the years is a thing called futility. I look at the world around me and I go, oh, God, what's the use? And God goes, wait a minute. Wait a minute. See? Start with God, not the world. Start with, with the Word of God, not the television news. Oh, okay. Start with God. If you don't know God, if you've never trusted Jesus, if you've not received salvation in Christ, can I just tell you something? These promises aren't yours. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You don't get to God the Father apart from Jesus the Son. Okay? All roads do not indeed lead to God. Okay? There's only one. And that's Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, we want to introduce you. If you know him and you've let sin somehow distract your life and your walk, well, there's a confession, repentance, and forgiveness process that God has outlined in his word. And then Jesus says to us, go and sin no more. Okay? Maybe you want to be a part of what God's doing here in the gathering, and that's cool. We love it. Yay. But it's about what God's doing, not what we're doing. We simply want to be in his presence. Okay? Pray with me. Father, thank you again for today. Thank you for the morning. Thank you that you've done incredible things in our midst and you've let us be a part of it. God, you're still at work. There, there are all kind of uh, struggles that we know of going on right now, God. There are illnesses. There are surgery recoveries. There's, there's, there's all kind of heartache and relationships that are broken. And there's, there, there, there's there are these feelings of betrayal and these feelings of, of we just look at the things around us. And God, we want to explain it to you. And yet, God, you know us. You know us at the very depth of who we are. So, God, help us as we cry out to you to realize, God, that, that you love us in spite of all those things. You love us because of all those things, because you want to heal us, to, to redeem us, to make us whole. And, God, that wholeness is only seen when we find ourselves before your throne. So, God, help us to seek you every day. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.